It has been said by some wise soul in the universe that family is art in its imperfect, loving human form. We understand messiness and are inspired by imperfection for through these things we learn to grow, to aspire, and to achieve greatness. We learn to thrive and we journey towards success. This is the art of family. So I welcome you to our family, the Cotts family, where we create opportunities to succeed. Welcome to Cots Art of Family podcast. My name is Nikki Carbonari, and I am the Director of Strategic Partnerships here at Cots. And I am so excited today because I am joined by Cots CEO Cheryl P. Johnson and Empath CEO Kim Janey. Empath is one of Cots' closest collaborative partners, and so I'm so excited to have you both here today um, to get us started. Let's, um, for our first time listeners, um, I'd like to have you both share, um, both introduce yourselves and then share the mission of your organization. So Cheryl, let's start with you and then we'll go to Kim. Well, well, first, and thank you, Nikki. Let me first say, Kim, it is so good to see you. Um, you are certainly a, a dream here in Detroit. We, we talk about you and Empath all the time. And um, also, I love Boston. So I, I have a son that uh, it practices law there. And so every time I get a chance, it's one of my favorite places to go and to eat great food. So let me just say that, that you, you all have uh, worked that out quite well there. And I, I welcome you to um, this podcast. Uh, Cots um, is a 40-year-old organization. I've had the pleasure of a big pleasure and privilege, let me say that, of being here for 33 of of those years. Um, Our focus is, uh, simply put, it is to not only lift families out of poverty and to make sure that our families are thriving, but also to give families an opportunity to succeed. And, and, And I always make it simple because that allows us then to make sure that all of our endeavors, all of the work, the partnerships, everything that we do is always centered around asking the question, is this giving our families an opportunity uh, to succeed? So that is our, our mission and that's who I am. Thank you, thank you. Um, first, I just wanna thank you, Nikki, for this opportunity and Cheryl for the amazing work that you and your COTS team uh, do every single day on behalf of families in Detroit and beyond. Um, for, for those who don't know, my name is Kim Janey. I am the president and CEO of Economic Mobility Pathways, also known as Empath. I've been in this role now uh, for maybe 15 months, so I still feel kind of new. Um, I'm so excited and blessed to be able to lead this organization, an organization that more than 40 years ago helped me as a participant succeed and thrive. And so I am just uh, too thrilled to be here with you and to talk about this important work. Uh, Very simply, our mission is to help 
uh, individuals climb the economic ladder and to help other institutions systematically do the same. And we have been fortunate to have a wonderful collaborative relationship uh, with COTS for, for a good chunk of time now. And we are thrilled to uh, celebrate your success as you celebrate the successes of all of the families that you're working with. So thank you again for this opportunity. Thank you both so much. Um, Cheryl, let's start at the beginning. So I'd love for you to share how COTS and Empath first were introduced to one another. And then tell us a little bit about how the partnership developed and what were the driving forces behind the partnership? Yeah, I, and, and you know what, uh, Nikki, I love this part of the story because it is a story. And I love telling this story because it's, it's interesting how things just come to be at the right time. So I, I think I was coming out of a sabbatical. In fact, I, I was. And uh, Kim, you know this, that we're oftentimes in a grind, right? And we don't realize like what is happening within organizations or within ourselves when we're constantly in this grind. And it's not until you step away that you actually have a sense of a, a, a time where you can think and pause. I call it pause and reflect, a Salah moment. And, and that's what happened. Um, I, I was away um, in San Francisco and then in upstate New York, just just clearing my mind. And one of the things that came up for me was, you know, we often hear you do good work, but like, what does that mean? Like, how do you qualify that? You do good work. What does that mean? And I thought of the thousands of families and individuals that we had in some way touched their lives, impacted their 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 futures in a positive way. But there's a moment, and this was what I call a courageous moment, where um, you have to be honest about some things. Okay, we've done that. We got people housed. But because of my tenure, the length of my tenure here, I began to hear something that was very unsettling. And that was, these were people who were children when they came to COTS. Now they're talking to me as adult people with their kids back at COTS. And, and that was a moment where I, I, I had to pause and, and say to our board of directors, Yes, we're we're doing really good work in getting people housed, but people are still poor. They're, they're still, in, in fact, now this is a full generation and we can't be okay with that. We cannot be okay with that. And so at that moment was a, a pause for COTS to start thinking, so what does this look like? Like, how does this, does this change the institution? And, and if there is a change, what are the tools that are necessary that will help us in, in order to be impactful in this area? So the first thing we did was make a decision that we would focus all of our resources and our work on, on families only. And our definition of families is any adult person that's accompanied by a, a child, period. We don't care about the composition. The other thing we began to think about, okay, with single folk, how, how do we began to wean away from um, working with them 
and partnering with them and making sure they're going to be okay. So we did this whole campaign and talking to our community and saying, here's what we're thinking about. And we got to the point where we were okay with that big step. And then out of that came the the idea of how do we do it and creating a theory of change that would sustain the work that we wanted uh, to happen. And so literally we, we sat down thinking about, I have four adult kids and I was literally thinking about, okay, my kids have done well. What were the elements mm-hmm. like in our household that led to that? Like, so I, I, I thought about my husband and I sat down and, and the first thing we said, okay, you know, education was important. So we got to figure out how the kids have to be educated, right? I, I thought about the, their network, like who who are they being? So I thought about all the elements that I think, you know, was important in helping them. And I think it could apply to anybody. I mm-hmm. think it should apply to anybody. And so we took from that the idea, first of all, everyone that comes to us is housing insecure, right? Um, the second thing, so family stability, that's really important for them. But education, like career development, beyond employment, but career development, something that will sustain you and your family, health and well-being is critical because if you have a chronic condition, it doesn't matter about all the other things in place that, in, in, in fact, impacts your ability to get up and go to work, your ability to be a good parent, your ability to socialize. And then the other, of course, was economic mobility. Uh, and that's, you know, were the five things that we and at the same time, um, Delphia uh, Simmons, who is our chief impact officer, was in New York. And, and when we were talking, she said, I met this amazing organization, uh, Empath, and they, they've been doing what we're talking about for a while now. And, and, and that was the beginning of a conversation and what I call a great marriage. And then uh, the rest of that was just no brainer. When you meet someone that has great values that align with the work and it's centered around our families. Our families are always at the center of that. And so that was the beginning of, of this amazing partnership and relationship. Cheryl, I love how you center impact and families. Yes. Those are the two things that really stood out as you told this origin story. Um, and those are the things that we have been laser-like focused on. Uh, doing this work around economic mobility coaching. Uh, But there are also the things that spoke to me in terms of my lived expertise Mm -hmm. and what I was bringing uh, to this organization, not only as someone who was former mayor of Boston, first woman, first black mayor, and had the vantage point of being able to do policy that makes a big difference for people experiencing poverty, but bringing my own lived expertise to that role as well as this role here. And the impact, so, so important. And so uh, one, we are thrilled to be in partnership uh, with you, to be part of this family that you talk about. Um, and that like you looking at those elements of what makes a family strong, family stability, 
uh, career and, and, and focus on, again, not just employment, but advancement career, where we're, we're looking at uh, the kind of opportunities folks have to earn a real living wage, mm -hmm. as well as see their income go up over time, as well as career advancement, looking at education and training, looking at finances and of course, well-being, because all of those things are so interconnected. And just like we need all of those things to be working well in our family, we know that that is the same. That is also true for uh, participants that we're working with. And so we uh, could not be more thrilled again to have uh, COTS as a founding member of our uh, economic mobility exchange. Um, there's so much power in our exchange and to have you guys as a founding member, as well as our first, our very first uh, mobility mentored uh, certified uh, exchange member is, is just a wonderful way to celebrate um, the work that we're doing together, in addition to the major milestones uh, that we are going to be celebrating as an organization, which I hope to talk about a little later. Will you tell our listeners more about Empath's um, Member Exchange Network? Absolutely. And then, and then also tell the listeners about how you and your team came um, to initiate the certification process for mobility mentoring. Wonderful, wonderful. So I will um, start by just giving an overview of the organization as a whole. The exchange is a piece of what we do. And so as I mentioned earlier, we are laser-like focused on helping families climb the economic ladder and disrupt poverty, uh, not only here where we're headquartered in Boston, and I'm glad you love the food, and anytime you are here, please uh, let us know, and we certainly hope to see you in March at our convening and we can, there are a lot of new restaurants that have opened up uh, since your last visit. So we'd love to uh, do some of that with you. But we are an organization that is almost 200 years old. Uh, we have been doing this work supporting families with a particular emphasis, emphasis on women uh, and their children for almost 200 years. Um, the coaching is very important. Uh, and so you know about mobility mentoring. That's our breakthrough coaching model uh, where our, our coaches, you know, form uh, these wonderful, strong bonds with participants, trusting relationships that allow them to help participants identify the goals that participants want to work on, uh, remove any barriers that come up and strategize uh, for, for really getting things done and moving them in the right direction. Uh, we do advocacy here because systems change is just as important. We've got to make sure that we are changing policies that, had, that have led to deep poverty in our communities uh, throughout this nation. And so we do that work. Um, part of how we do the work is the research and just understanding what works uh, looking at data and making sure we are constantly learning uh, from what the data tells us, as well as trying to innovate and improve our process. Part of that learning happens through the exchange and how we get this tool, this resource out to uh, so many nonprofits um, is through the exchange. So the economic mobility exchange is just that. It's a network and it's an exchange. It's it's we have named it an exchange intentionally because Empath, uh, while we have developed this tool and we are doing the trainings and helping organizations all across the country, 
What we know is that there's a lot of value in the work that's happening on the ground. And we are learning alongside everyone else in the exchange. And so it is wonderful to have partners like COTS who are helping us grow and innovate and think about how we can do this work together better. We've had um, a lot of impact. A lot of folks in the exchange have seen how this tool can truly work to help change lives. And we're really excited about that. We're also testing our model. We are testing it with a randomized control trial. Uh, we've been doing this work now, uh, economic mobility mentoring for almost 15 years. And we've had this exchange for almost 10, two big major milestones that we will celebrate uh, next year. But we also know uh, how important it is to be validated by our peers and by researchers. And so we are testing the model with a randomized controlled trial. We're really excited about that work that is underway. And we hope that that will allow us to continue to grow, to grow this network, to get mobility mentoring out into so many more hands um, all across our country and even across our globe. Uh, you know, most of our partners are right here in the continental U.S., but we have mobility mentoring and folks who are doing this work um, across the ocean. And so we are um, excited about the results that we're seeing because we can see what works. And one, we've got to get this out to a broader audience. And two, we have to make sure that we're doing the systems change work as well. So, so Kim, I'm, I'm intrigued about that 200 years. You, you just mentioned um, 200 years. I've been with the organization 33 and people gasp, you know, for an organization. I'm just interested, like in terms of the, the leadership, the fact that it's an organization that is still doing great work and having great impact, um, not only now in the city of Boston, but across the world. Um, Say a little bit more about that. How yeah. is that possible? I mean, one, I, I again, I just feel so blessed to be able to lead this important work. Um, you know, we were founded in the uh, early 1800s, 1824. Um, our founding organizations date back to then. And even then, serving women, serving young women in crisis, serving families, caring about children, that has always been at the center um, of this work. In more recent history, uh, it, it was uh, two legacy organizations that are well known uh, in this area and beyond that merged to form Empath. It was Crittenton and the Women's Educational Industrial Union. Uh, so in the early 2000s, those organizations merged. And then the name change came to reflect the work that we are doing now. So still focused on women and children and families, uh, but laser-like focused on this economic mobility and helping families um, who are experiencing poverty climb the economic ladder. And so we are thrilled to celebrate our bicentennial, which is coming up next year. In addition to that, uh, like you, we are working with families who are unhoused, and our large congregate shelter, Hastings House, turns 100 years old next wow. year. Wow, wow. And then also next year, 15 years of mobility mentoring and 10 years of this global learning network, our exchange. And so 
We want to celebrate those milestones and we're grateful that our conference uh, that is coming up in March, and I have to plug it for our exchange members. It starts on the 25th of March and then we'll continue on uh, for some of our uh, partners or people who are interested who aren't part of the exchange yet. Uh, we'll do that work, but we also wanna use that conference as a way, as an opportunity to celebrate um, this major milestone of the exchange. And I think in addition to our anniversaries, another milestone is the certification process. COTS is our very first exchange member to go through certification. You guys have been an important thought partner for us in this work from the very beginning as a founding exchange member, but also being willing to go through this certification process with us. Uh, being the first, uh, you know, we had to figure out what works and what doesn't work. And you really helped us with that process. And so we are deeply grateful. Uh, and Nikki, I, I know you want to know and understand why certification. Well, uh, we recognize, again, listening and hearing from our, our partners across uh, the country that they were looking for opportunities to deepen their knowledge, their content knowledge, to deepen their impact, to make sure that they were uh, doing everything possible. And this gave us and our partners an opportunity to strive toward that. Uh, it also, you know, means that that the data collection is happening and that we can truly learn from the work that we're doing. And so that's another distinction uh, that we have when it comes to the certification process and why that is important. Um, and we're excited uh, now that COTS has gone through and become certified to really learn from that process to help other exchange members uh, come through the process. And we hope that you guys will be with us every step of the way, uh, helping other uh, organizations who might have questions, uh, who want to understand how it works. Um, you guys have just been wonderful in that regard. And again, we are grateful. And, and, and Nikki, I want to I want to switch roles here. Uh, when, when Kim said, uh, you know, just the, the, the process and um, these are my words, the rigor of it. Right. You know, that was brought to this particular opportunity. And, and you worked along with uh, a few of your colleagues. Uh, you worked really hard on this. I mean, and this wasn't a three month, six month. This this was, you know, a a full commitment, right? I'm I'm interested in your experience as you know one of the first. You know, what was that um, for you? So, for our listeners, the certification process was an 18 month long process where we submitted every document, training guide, artifact, form, every piece of material that we have for Passport to Self-Sufficiency, which is COTS theory of change that uses mobility mentoring. We submitted every, every document that we have to MPATH and they reviewed it. And then we worked in partnership to tweak some aspects of what we were doing or add enhance um, to make our COTS mobility mentoring as uh, reliable, consistent, and impactful as possible. 
and it was it was a rigorous process but let me tell you it was so helpful it was conversations we had conversations internally and with the empath team that we would have never had if it if we weren't prompted to um i'll give you an example a a, a large a most significant um materials that we created from this process was our training guides so and specifically specifically user guides. So we didn't, have, while we were using these data forms, we were, while we were using mobility mentoring tools, we didn't necessarily have staff training materials to make sure that it was consistent across every staff, which is really important. You know, if you're, if you're implementing an approach, you need to make sure that every person on your staff who's doing it is doing it consistently in the same way. So now we have user guides for every tool that we use, every data, um, collection form we have a user guide that thoroughly explains to staff how to use it gives sample questions it's just it's so much more comprehensive training and so for any new coach we call them coaches at COT, any new coach who comes on board will be able to pick up mobility mentoring and execute it in a consistent way yeah and and, and can i just can I just add uh, as the first organization to go through, yes, our process was 18 months long. We were learning together in that process. I want to reassure all of your listeners that because you guys were willing to be the first and go through that process, we are now at a place where we have streamlined our process. So the process is six months and our hope Wow. So exactly. We could, we've got a year off of that. Uh, so it's a six month long process that we hope to take people through. And uh, our hope is that we will be able to move, given our current capacity, obviously we want to build capacity, but given our current capacity, that we can move two organizations a year through the certification process. That will be six months long. That, that, that's great, Kim. And, and I will add, uh, we were working on another project uh, with uh, another um, uh, organization and uh, having conversations with a funder who is a foundation, and they were interested in this work. They were interested in the certification, and and we literally passed on um, that information uh, uh, to them. So it's 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 an exciting time here um, in Detroit, and uh, us actually talking about what this certification means for us as an organization and watching the interest from, from others um, as we talk about it and, and highlight it in our work. So we're, we're really grateful about just the opportunity to, to uh, be in collaboration with Impact. Cheryl, I'd love for you to elaborate on that um, mm -hmm. and talk specifically about scaling and future plans for COT. So in terms of, the certification. What plans do we have? Do you have to expand COTS reach and engagement in the Detroit community and beyond? Yeah. So, so one of the things that that we did, Nikki, um, early on, which is very interesting in, in our story with Empath, Empath started the opposite way that we entered this work. So, Empath was already doing things in the community. Uh, with with their with their particular model, we were using the model internally within our organization, and I, I just find it so intriguing. Uh, and by the way, Kim, um, any uh, conference that starts with disrupting or disruption always interests me. <laughs> 
It always interests me. And so the more, you know, we showed up at the conferences and learning, um, the, the and, and as we were on our own journey with our passport to self-sufficiency model, the opportunity now for us, and we, we've had our first um, uh, opportunity with it, is to take it into the community. Because we believe, uh, especially in a city like Detroit, where we still struggle with deep poverty, like how can we take a model that we've now been working almost 10 years um, and see the benefit of that? Now we have this, this certification. How do we take that into a community on a different scale? And that's that's the future. And we talk about that now in, you know, when people are asking, you know, what does COTS five years, 10 years look like? It is definitely taking a, a model that we've seen literally transform. It's transformative work, right? And taking that into a community that definitely um, needs it. And so that that is the vision of, of COTS. And uh, we're excited we're excited to learn, still continue to learn. We refer to ourselves, and Nikki, you know this, as a learning organization, which means the fact that you said a few minutes ago that we turned over all of our documentation to empath. You know, people don't want to do that, right? No. <laughs> that is, that's a scary thing to actually, you know, pull, op- you know, open the hood and allow people to react to work that you've already done. Yeah. And so I, I love the fact that we are trust. Yes. Partnership with the two organizations. Absolutely. And and that is what it is, um, Kim. It it is like we trusted them that it, it wasn't, you know, even if, if Empath came back and go like, I don't know why. <laughs> you all thought that was okay. It would have been a moment where we go like, okay, like tell us more, which then opens the door to innovation. And and I'll say this about the work that we all are doing um, right now, particularly in this season. We've got to, one, listen to our families, right, who should drive the work. It shouldn't be us. It should be them driving the work because we are listening to what they are saying that they are need are in need of. But the other thing is it then gives opportunity to move out of these traditional models That's that it. don't work. Yeah. They just don't work. And the fact that the uh, pandemic certainly showed us this. That uh, and I know I hate this p word pivoting. I hate that word, but it makes good sense that we we do that. We we have to allow the voice of of our families to be the driver of our work, and and I think that's what we are doing now. Is like we have these amazing listening sessions where our families talk about not only their experiences, but their hopes and their dreams and their needs. And and we have to take that in and listen and then respond, not just listen, but we got to respond to tools that work. And I think the certification and the work that we're doing 
And collaboration is that tool that we can make adjustments to. And Kim, the fact that you said now, you know, we move from 18 months to six months, that was an adjustment. I mean, you you made that adjustment and I'm sure other organizations will say, oh, I'll sign up for that. You know, I can, we can do that. And we knew and understood 18 months is, is a long time. And this is why I think being willing to be the first was so significant and important because that was truly a learning journey. And I, I kind of want to build and stay in this space a little longer because I heard some elements of what you were saying, Cheryl, around disrupting the status quo, around listening and centering the families that we are working with. But also it was that piece of being unafraid to lift the yeah. hood. And I think too often, uh, particularly with nonprofits, we're set up to compete with each other yeah. rather than collaborate. So that's the first thing we've, we've allowed uh, or the funding community has uh, perpetuated this, this uh, competition between nonprofits. And what part of what we're trying to do is obviously make a difference for the people we are working with in their lives, transformative change, right? But we're also trying to change the field itself. Mm. So it doesn't have to be that we are hiding and competing and hoarding our, our tools, our resources, our knowledge. We wanna share that out. We wanna flip it on its head. We wanna share that out. The other thing is we want to be okay making mistakes. That is how we learn. That is how we grow. And I think, again, life has taught us, no, we have to be perfect. We can't make mistakes. And if we make a mistake, we've got to hide it in that closet over there. Well, yeah. that closet's bursting with lessons if we would yeah. just tap into it. And so I am, again, grateful for um, that trust uh, and that relationship that has been built over the last 10 years. Um, that really is helping not just empath or cots. This is helping the entire field. Our, our global learning network, you know, we have uh, more than 150 primary organizations, which means, you know, if we really think about the reach, there are more like 700 organizations that are part of those 150. So we are reaching a lot of people and we can't do it without folks like you, Cheryl and Nikki. Um, and the entire COTS team. So I just wanted to highlight uh, those pieces because I think you really, um, you know, put a, an important spotlight on, on, on some of the, the work that we're doing together. And I just wanted to lift that up. And, and, and Kim, I, I'm sorry, I'll say this one thing. I call it a model marriage, right? I mean, and, and we all know there are very few of those in the world that we, we live in. But to think of organizations that can actually come together and truly be collaborative. When, when we say that and listen to why it's different, because it's not forced, mm. right? And because many organizations, um, foundations force you to work together, right? You, in order to get this money, the two yeah. of you need to work together. And there's no trust in that. It, yeah. It's just, you got to do it, right? But to, to have organizations that like really, really want to have impact, 
I mean, that that is the desire. And I, I often say that in this stage of my career, and I always have to qualify it, so I'm going to qualify what I'm about to say, I don't want to work hard. And so, what that simply meant, I want to work smart and I want to have great impact. And, and I think the way, the formula for that is by surrounding yourself with amazing, smart people who are, by the way, smarter than you, but also collaborating with organizations that are being impactful and not being afraid of it. We yeah. are, um, I believe, a much smaller organization than empath and not being afraid to be in the room with amazing, amazing people that are doing things. I think that's where we push against the status quo. Yeah. Yep. Add a note about the true collaboration. While Cots was, you know, sharing everything with Empath, it was mutual because Empath would come back and say, "Look, this is this is the form that we use. Well, I'll show you all the tools that we use, or especially with data collection. You know, showing us exactly exactly the questions that are asked. Having a partnership like that is invaluable. It's so helpful for us. And your staff, Kim, I feel like I know almost all of them at this point. They're amazing." They're so willing to share. It never, never a doubt in their mind. They're willing to share, hop on a call. They go above and beyond through the whole certification process, above and beyond for us. So it was, it was such a good experience. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Now we are closing out our time here, but I'd love to hear from both of you one final question. Um, I want to know more about your your long your long-term vision and impact for this work and for disrupting poverty. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll just end it with this because I, I think about this a lot. I think about this a lot. Um, you can have a tool that's amazing, a great tool, but if you don't do the narrative work first, that, that tool is being filtered through could be harmful and hurtful and faulty narratives. And so what, what I'd like to see long-term is the element of uh, working through narratives like first. I think that's a foundational thing for any uh, social impact organization because we, we can all say we have the intention of good for our families. But if we show up with our own like faulty narratives, even about people in poverty, that I don't care how great the tool is, it's going to be filtered through that and may not have the best impact that we want. And so I'm always churning um, about thinking about narratives. I'm on my own journey <laughs> around like how I think about people, how I think about poor people. And what does that mean? Because it is our own way. Narrative is, is our way of making sense of the world, right? It's based on all the experiences and things that have happened in our life that ha helps us to, oh, okay. And that's why. And sometimes, not sometimes, many times, it's not the right narrative. And so it is, as I think long-term about 
any work, I, I always highlight that. Like as we are talking about strengthening a tool, let's also think about the narrative and, and where that comes in as the foundation for the tool to actually sit upon. So I, I w- always want to throw that out there. Thank you for that. And I think that's the perfect kind of segue. I'm going to take that ball and lay it up in the basket there. I think there's so much power uh, in storytelling. And, you know, at Empath, we have a story sharing network. Uh, And I think part of what we're thinking about for the future is how we really tap into the power of that. Um, It is very important for us to have participants tell their own stories and to develop that that power that comes when you find your own voice and you're able to use it uh, for change in your family or your your community. And so we we certainly uh, want to make sure that we're doing everything around the narrative, uh, and particularly as we're thinking about these major milestones. So there's an opportunity to tell the history, to tell the story of Empath, uh, and really centering uh, the folks that we're working with. Um, we are obviously uh, excited to continue to grow our network, to bring more organizations into the fold, to get this tool out to many more folks, uh, to grow the exchange, to have more organizations get certified. That is clearly uh, part of our strategic growth uh, moving forward. In addition to the individual coaching, which is so powerful and really gives agency and, and helps folks take stock and do what they can right there where they are. Uh, we also know that people are experiencing deep poverty because of policy. And so, yes, we will continue to coach and help the individual, but we know we've got to do much more on systems change work. And so at the local level, we are beefing up our work in Massachusetts, thinking about the type of legislation that we will advocate for uh, going beyond legislation that just helps people manage poverty, how we truly help people escape poverty uh, and disrupt that system altogether. Uh, so we're doing that in Massachusetts. And as a national nonprofit, we are also now looking to our our uh, congressional leaders. Uh, and we have a superstar delegation here in Massachusetts. And so we're excited to engage them in this work, introduce them to Empath. Uh, be a thought partner and a thought leader with them on issues that are important as it relates to children and families uh, in Massachusetts and beyond, and we'll continue to do that work. Uh, In addition, we want to have a deeper impact here locally with the families that we're working with to close the enormous wealth gap that persists in the greater Boston area. You may have heard the, the reports, they I'm sure made national news, Uh, But in 2015, our Fed, the Federal Reserve Bank here in Boston, did a report that showed that the median net worth for white households in Boston was $247,500. And for Black households, it was $8. Wow. That's not 80. That's not 800. That's not 8,000. That was $8. And that is not by accident. That is by design. And that is why the systems work, systems change work is so important and why we also are focused on asset building. How can we help uh, families here locally uh, develop, acquire, and build assets that they can then pass on 
to future generations, whether that is homeownership, which was certainly a path that so many Americans have taken to enter into the middle class. Uh, most, in fact, uh, it might be entrepreneurship, it could be baby bonds. And so we're exploring ways to really uh, learn more here locally. And then, of course, with all of our learnings, we'll want to share them out. Uh, through the network. And some folks will say, yes, we love this. This fits in with our mission and we're going to, you know, start doing X, Y, and Z. And others will say, you know, our focus is right here and we're going to continue to be part of this network and we're going to do this work together. I think the thing that I would leave folks with is that it takes all of it. Yeah. It takes the systems change work. It takes the individual coaching. It takes the asset building. I really think of those three elements of being a three-legged stool that will help that stool stand strong. If you knock one of those legs down, the, the stool will, will topple. So um, we're really excited about this work. We're excited to celebrate major milestones. Uh, we will kick those major milestones off with our Disrupting Poverty Conference in March. Certainly hope to see cots there. If there are other listeners uh, who are interested and excited about this work, certainly hope you check out the COTS website. And for Empath, it is empathways, with an S, dot org, empathways.org. So we hope to see you in March, and we hope this has been uh, wonderful for your listeners. I want to thank you again, Cheryl, uh, for this opportunity, but also just again for the day-to-day -day work you're doing in Detroit uh, and for the partnership um, uh, with the exchange and really helping us. Uh, you're the reason we've got <laughs> the process from 18 months to six months. So uh, we really appreciate this partnership and the, the opportunity to learn uh, from you and so many others in the exchange. So thank you so much for doing this work with us. Thank, thank you. And, and you know, the feeling is certainly mutual. We, we, are, we, we talk about empath all the time. <laughs> you, you are a name here um, in Detroit, and it, it has been and continues to be a great marriage. And, and we are excited about, yes, we will be there in 24. Um, we are excited about celebrating with you, but we're also excited, just as excited about um, the future and what it holds for um, social impact organizations, period. Yes. This is going to be a great time. And thank you for leading um, in that. Thank you. Thank you both for such an insightful and inspiring conversation. Um, and thank you to our listeners for um, tuning in for this conversation. And stay tuned because there may be a part two sometime in the future. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to The Art of Family a podcast that serves to share triumphs of families overcoming poverty and homelessness. As families journey toward stability, Cots believes there is always beauty to be found along the way. Through partnership, mentorship, and relationship, we all create opportunities to succeed. To support this mission or to learn more about Cots, our families, or our partners, visit us online at cotsdetroit.org. That's C-O-T-S Detroit.org.